0: Four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white for harvest. And so Jesus gave them an agricultural illustration to help them understand spiritual service and our investments and other people's care. Um, And, and, okay, so think of it this way. Um, Imagine there's a farmer... And he's, uh, it's springtime, and he is like five or six, he's six days in a row, 16 plus hours in the field every day. Uh, he's cultivating the soil, he's, he is plowing the field, he's planting the crops, he's fertilizing the ground, he's doing all this stuff, six days straight, 16 hours a day, and then he comes in and he's just dog tired. And could you imagine his, his wife looking at him and saying, "Well, well, where's all the crops at? And he goes... Man, I just planted the field. And she goes, well, you must be a pretty lousy farmer if you don't have anything to show for it. Okay? And I think how often do we do that when it comes to issues of spiritual investment in other people's lives? And I think what Jesus is trying to tell us here is that it's seasonal. He's preparing his disciples for an upcoming time of reaping. And and there's a whole town that's getting ready to come out and Jesus knows that this woman's testimony is powerful. And, and, and there's many people that are going to believe. But no work's really been done. I mean, especially by the disciples. They just went into town and got some food and came back out. And, and yet they're going to be part of this. And I think he's reminding them that, man, they're entering into some other labors that have gone before this, and they get to be part of it. But, but don't lose heart if it's the other way around. And you're serving. And, and you're giving. And you're not... You know, it's seasonal, and, and, and every part of God's work matters. You know, sometimes I think as Bible teachers, we need to go by faith, or as parents and grandparents, we need to go by faith, and, 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 and remember, there's going to be those moments when somebody's going to come along and say, hey, remember this, you know, I mean, I really felt like the Lord worked there. I, you know, I, I, it, it's seasonal. I even think about Jesus. And there were times that he let people walk away, uh, you know, and, and and yet he's he's the one sowing the seeds. Um, don't lose heart sowing seeds. But by, by the way, there's a there's a guy, Doctor uh, William Leslie, 1912, went to the Congo, and he uh, he spent 17 years there, came back disappointed, didn't feel like his. His his, his following God's call to the Congo really made any difference. In the year 2010, one of my personal friends, his name is Eric Ramsey, uh, he used to be the, the, the president of, of an organization called Tom Cox World Ministries, but right now he is the executive director for the Baptist work in the state of West Virginia. But anyway, Eric was in the Congo in 210, and, and he's out in the jungle and he's doing these backpacking mission, mission work for the International Mission Board and, and, and the organization he was a part of. But while, while he's out there, he finds a network of reproducing churches out in the jungles of Congo and they and they trace back the history of that to this william leslie 's work back in one thousand nine hundred and twelve isn 't that just incredible I and mean, he didn 't know about it he died not knowing about it but i 'll tell you what he knows about it doesn 't he now he does I, I had the privilege of being in India several times, and um, the mission organization I worked with we would uh, plant churches or help, help the uh, national church leaders plant churches in India out in some rural areas and um, I was uh, One year when I was there, it was common for us pastors who were all team leaders, we take out our team every day to do ministry in different places, it was common for us to have a debriefing time in the evening, but one year it got to be really numbers oriented. And I was a little uncomfortable with that anyway. But I remember one night I was with all the other pastors and we're in this little meeting, debriefing meeting. And so one pastor says, yeah, we saw like, and I don't know if my numbers are right, but he was like, yeah, we saw like 84 people come to faith in Christ today. And another one, uh, yeah, we had like 72 people come to Christ today. And so they get to me, okay? I said, well, we had two, maybe three that I think were really serious about God. And we got to talk to the village chief And he was open to the gospel, uh, but he has not yet received. And so it was really uncomfortable for me that day. And I went up to the the DJ, one of the national leaders, and I said to him after the meeting, I said, man, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, we're doing our best out there. We're just not having the same results as some of the others. And he looked at me and he said, Jim, don't even say that. He said, it's all God's work. He said, you're in a hard village. We've been praying for that village for years. There's a lot of darkness in that village. The fact that that village leader is willing to hear the gospel and he's open to it, that's an incredible answer to prayer. It is all God's work. And some of us probably need to hear that today because we have been pouring out and pouring out. It's seasonal. My last two go quicker, okay? Um, Here's number three. (laughs) Our spiritual work is not only refreshing and seasonal, but we learn from Jesus. It's unifying. Look at verse 37, John 4, 37. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labors. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. One sows and another reaps. Um, and, and we're all linked together, and we enter into others' labors. And, and I think about it this way. I have brothers and sisters that I'm pretty tight with in India, Vijay and Vasata, who I just talked about, there's a, there's, a, there's a man named Suki. He's really Sukumar. Um, and, and then, and then there's, there's two sons, Anathan and Neil. One is, a, one is an eye doctor. One is a, um, a dentist. And they're using their medical uh, skills to be able to reach the people of India for the gospel. And teams like what we used to send over there can't even come over there the way we used to come over there because things in the government have changed. And yet God's work is still going through. And I was with Anathan and Neil just this last summer at a missions organization meeting. And they've even stayed at my house. And so, um, you know, there's, there's that tie. I think about Louie Williams, my, my best friend, who used to be associate pastor at the church where I was at. And how we still talk on the phone three to four times a week. And, and we get to do ministry together even though we're not physically together anymore. And then, and then I think about, about friends like my friends in St. Louis who were part of a pastor's diversity group and, and that met at my church for like eight years straight and how we became brothers in Christ serving the Lord together and how sometimes they still call me up on Thursday morning and saying, hey, we just wanted to see how you were doing, you know, and, and want to walk together in the Lord. And I and I think about how in El Salvador I have a, a, a man named Hugo that I've worked with for almost 20 years in planning churches and he is my el mejor amigo de mundo, mi mundo and my world's best friend but you know what he calls me Man, he he calls me as Paul and how humble and that is I and mean, that's not even to mention the ones in Peru and a church planner, Segundo, that I got to do his wedding for him. Well, I couldn't do the vows, but I, didn't. I did the rest of the wedding for him. I think about coming here and what a privilege it is to partner with Pastor Brandon and with all of you and, and realize I, I am so aware that I'm only entering into the labors of what you guys have been doing for years here. And one of the things that I've already grown to love about Jefferson Avenue Church is the love, esteem and continued value for the ministry of your pastor Craig who went before Brandon. And 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 his love for the word of God and love for the, the Lord and his love for the people and and it's a privilege to know that I get to help I got to be one of those that stand on his shoulders, you know? And 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 for this season to be with you and minister with you and, and how just being together in the work of the ministry unifies us. Relationships. I mean, the big picture is that God is at work through His people. And it's never about us doing our thing for God. It's always about us entering into God's work with others that He has called. Here's the last one spiritual service is rewarding. You know, in, in, in verse 36, Jesus said, Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. Now, that's the one who reaps. So that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. Sometimes the sower may not know. You know? Um, the sowers and re- reapers rejoicing together. When you and I follow God's call and invest in the soul care of others, It. It connects us with God and it connects others with God. And there is a true sense of the glory of God and getting to be part of that in a special way that is just rewarding. It's like we'll be around the throne and we'll be celebrating things for all eternity. There's a futuristic tug on this passage that, that the sower may not know now, and the reaper's re- rejoicing, but the sower doesn't even know it, and yet there's going to come a day in the future when everybody's going to culminate together and rejoice over who God is and what God's done. And, and we've got to be a small part of it in our discipleship. Um, I imagine it like this. Could you imagine a guy, Joe, his first day in heaven, and his wife comes up and says... You know, you really made a change when you trusted Christ. Others might not have seen it like I did, but I could see the authenticity of it, and that's what made me want to open my life up for Christ. And a daughter says, you know, I know you never told me, but I know you prayed for me all the time, and the way that you loved me, and you were patient with me, and you guided me, that's what helped me know what my heavenly Father was like, because I saw that in you, and so I opened my life up to him. And, and then Sam, a neighbor, says, your friendliness was a blessing, but it was your faithfulness that got me. The way you were faithful in the Lord, and I knew you weren't just playing church as my neighbor. And, and that's what opened me up to faith in Christ. And then there's a coworker, Frank, who says, it was your willingness to share your faith at work, because I never felt it was forced. It was always so natural. And, I all, and you don't know this, but for years before I came to faith, I wanted what you had. <laughs> the reward. It's the fruit of eternal life. I know of no greater reward than knowing that the one that I prayed for, the one that I shared with, the one that, you know, the one that I invested in. Oh man, God was work. I got got an email about uh, six years ago, maybe eight. um, But um, it was from a girl that was in my youth group from like 30 years ago. And um, she was a mess. Um, she, uh, had her, one of her parents was disabled, and it was a, it was a, it was a broken family, and she literally ran away from me. Clark, where are you, at? Clark? She literally ran away from me. We we're on an out-of-town youth trip, and she runs. I had to go find her. And yet, also, we had some sweet times together, just talking and praying and sharing about Christ and trying to get her to hold on to her faith. And so, anyway. She writes me thirty-something. You hadn't heard from her for probably thirty years, and she says in her email, "This just amazes me." She said, among other things, "You were the most influential person in my life." Man, that's a little taste. Of, I think of uh, some of the reward of you know. Yeah, I got to be part of something like that. But um, our spiritual work and investments and the soul care of others that we're called to follow Jesus in. You know, become like him and, and serve with, with him. It's refreshing, it'll energize us. It's seasonal. So sometimes we just gotta hang in there with the hard work. It's unifying. And ultimately it's rewarding. So, in closing, a um, couple things. One, do you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord? This is eternal life, that they would know Jesus and his Father, you know, the one true God. Do you know him? Because I look at this woman at the well. She knew him as a, as a man, then she knew him as a, ah, a prophet, but then she knew him as the Messiah, And if you come to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and is is that the, the next step for you, to just know him and embrace him by faith? And then secondly, I think for all of us there is that, is there anything the Lord wants to share in my heart today with me personally about following Jesus in the investment in other people's souls? And may I be faithful to how he calls me, because what a privilege that he would. Um, Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Um, I just thank you for this beautiful church and that I get to be a part of it. And I pray, Father, that you would have your way with us in our heart right now, whatever that is, that you would be honored and glorified, however it is that you're speaking to us. And pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Please stand with us and let's worship him right now.